This episode of the Pursuit Podcast is presented by Fisher Skis. Yo, hey, it's Mr. Adam X. It's your host. You are listening to the Pursuit Podcast on the Out of Collective. You might have come here from uh, Carry Less, Do More, Michelle's EP. So if you're from there, welcome. Uh, I hope you give this this a shot because it's really good. It's a really great episode. Got a great guest. Before we get into that guest, I want to tell you all about our sponsor, Sierra Nevada. It's November. No drink November. What a perfect time to try that Sierra Nevada hop splash. Sparkling hop infused water, zero alcohol, zero calories, hydrating, refreshing, maximum hop flavor. I mean, it's available everywhere. So go to your local store, get yourself some Sierra Nevada hop splash. And, you know, I talk about Sierra Nevada in this episode because they support Griffin Post. They support people like us. And that's important. So when you're at the store, you're looking for your favorite N.A., grab yourself a Sierra Nevada hop splash. I dig deep into the Griffin Post thing. It'll all make sense later. Zero alcohol, zero calories. Get yourself some Sierra Nevada hop splash. And, you know, we got another sponsor this week, and they were they were sponsoring the spring. We had a long contract, and we're still rolling. We just took a break because summer happened. But our friends over at Pomoka, Pomoka Skins, they are back. You guys know them. It's those pink skins that you see Michelle wearing. You see Cody Townsend have on. Uh, who else runs them? Hoji. And Pomoka is a work of Swiss engineering. Pioneered, tested, and designed all in the Alps. They are the leading skin manufacturer worldwide. Top in market share in North America. Pomoka is the most trusted skin brand for athletes globally. From schema racers to free skiers, it's proven reliability, grip, glide, and more importantly, safety. These are safety. This is safety equipment. You need good skins to get you out of the wilderness, get you out of situations, and get you home safe. Uh, all of the products are completely PFC free as of 2020. So this isn't new to them. They've been in the game a long time. And they're making good stuff. I mean, glide, durability, that's what we're looking for. I mean, if you don't trust me, trust Cody, trust Josh, trust Hoji, trust Michelle. They got it all. Uh, Here's my favorite thing about Pomoka. They don't want you to go to their website and buy. They want you to go direct to your favorite local ski shop, ask for Pomoka skins, Get educated on why they're important, what they do, how they work, and we'll see you in the backcountry. So finally, let's get to my guest this week. My guest, Colin True, host of The Rock Fight, outdoor enthusiast, and uh, old curmudgeon like myself. I can say that because I believe we are friends. He's a punk man. He's a ska man. He spent years in the outdoor industry. We talk conspiracies, Blink-182, aliens. Bigfoot, ski porn. It's a can't miss episode. It's so much fun. It's an absolute delight every time I get on a mic with Colin. So enjoy this EP. Colin, we've done this before. You are you're the host of the Rock Fight. You're an outdoor enthusiast. I like that you don't like you're not a skier. You're not a but you're just you just in general enthusiastic about the outdoors. I got. I have a whole list of insane things to talk about. So I don't know. So we're just gonna go for. It. We're just gonna start right off that. Um, I want 
this is how this really this is how you got on again we i was on your show and then you sent me something and i have to talk about it. you said i want to talk about how skiing isn't an outdoor sport <laughs> what's true what does that mean i think i think that end of conversation let's move on to the next topic you just said it all right there how you know? <laughs> all right so the first episode ever of the rock fight is Res I'll, I'll qualify it. Resort skiing is not an outdoor sport. I just okay. I think the 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 use of a ski lift takes it out. It's a outdoor activity that's super fun. Anyone who's an outdoor enthusiast loves. I love going up on riding lifts on a powder <laughs> day. Super fun. But to be an outdoor sport, I can't be doing something where. I have to wear a helmet, not because I might fall and hit my head, but because of all the other freaking chuckleheads I just stood in line with, by the way. Let's start. Actually, let's start there. Anything <laughs> you have to stand in line for cannot be an outdoor sport. Outdoor sports about getting out there or out in the woods or at the beach or surfing. You're, you're on a river. You're enjoying the great outdoors. And if I have to start my day by standing in line in the freezing cold to not move my legs, but to sit. And then dodge people on the way back down. Not an outdoor sport. Backcountry skiing, outdoor sport. Backcountry skiing, backcountry skiing is badass. I love backcountry skiing. By extension, I got to give telemark skiing. <laughs> not at a resort. <laughs> Telemarkers who backcountry. That's 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 dope as shit. Cause that's a skill, as dorky as it is. Yeah, yeah, but you're outside. That's right. the whole. Like that's is golf is golf an outdoor sport? Yes. No, it's not. How? You, okay, okay. Second, this is great. We're coming in hot. We're like thirty seconds into the podcast. How? We're already yelling at each other. Okay. Also, you have to pay to do. I'm also. I've, I've, I maybe I should start with it's. It's you got to If you have to pay to go do something like that, doesn't count too. My I sh I want to pay my entrance fee and my gear and apparel <laughs> acquisition, and then anytime I want to go out and do it, it's now free. I've paid my dues. I've got my stuff. Maybe you got to burn a little gas to get to the trailhead. That's it. Otherwise, you just go. Golf, you know, you spend thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars on clubs. You want to use those clubs? Oh man, that's a minimum hundred to five hundred dollars. You got to go use it. <laughs> Skiing. You want to go outside and enjoy a day on the mountain? Oh well, some places, you know, that's three, four, five hundred dollars just to go out and use those fifteen hundred dollar skis that you bought at the beginning of the season. Yeah, it doesn't count, man. You got you want to you got you it's not relaxing. It's I, not invigorating. Yeah, but you're changing. It's still outside. It's still an outdoor activity. That's it's an outdoor activity. It's an activity that is done outdoors, not an outdoor sport. So Michaela Schifrin is not an athlete. For the record, Colin True is saying <laughs> Michaela Schifrin is not an athlete. That's exactly what I said. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> Athletes different. I think that's a. If we could talk about athletics, I mean, our then golfers are athletes. I mean, yeah, they, it, there's athletic parts to it. But I consider going out into the outdoors as an enthusiast. There's got to be some element of like just being out there where you know shit can go sideways and help is not immediately available. You're earning it on your own. You know, you have to have some level of skill. I mean, even hiking to a certain degree, you have to you gain knowledge. You can really screw up and be in trouble if you're do something wrong while you're hiking. I don't know, man. Just skiing is like it's it's mostly because too. Then it's obviously something that anybody who likes to go outside, you know, 
does and we all go skiing or have gone skiing if you show me somebody who likes to enjoy the outdoors and hasn't enjoyed a day of skiing i love it if you and i went skiing tomorrow it'd be great also if you guys went golfing tomorrow we'd probably have a good time even though i'm not a golfer i just feel like to kind of put it in that bucket with mountain biking with you know trail running or hiking you know with sea kayaking eh, none of those things have a motorized thing that's hauling you up a mountain so that you can do one aspect of it no man just go backcountry skiing I have to, I like, I disagree with you so much that like, it's for, like, I don't have, for the first time in my life, I have zero words. Like, this is how like my mother Wait, felt. We can move like, on. I've, I'll, I'll accept this victory. Let's just move right on. No, there's know? zero. If I agreed with you, we would both be completely wrong. So I'm for the record, I am not agreeing with you, but like, I like, I love this hill that you're dying on. Cause I'm with you on just dying on hills. Like that's where we agree more than anything. But yeah. like downhill mountain biking is not an outdoor sport. No, actually, that's my second note. Resort mountain bikers, same thing. You got to earn it. You got to ride up that hill. <laughs> yeah, but then you don't have the right tool for the job. Well, that's the choice you got to make. Oh. You push your bike up the hill. That's fine. You know? Yeah. How Do did they have you a get... lift at Rampage? I don't see a lift at Rampage. How did you get so jaded? <laughs> I think mostly the ski culture bothers me. Let's talk about it. Let tell okay. me your feelings. No, but I ski culture is something that I've always struggled with, like genuinely, yeah. because I I'm some most people know, but like I'm straight edge. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. Uh, I don't listen to like hippie to categorize music. And I know you did a whole podcast on that, but like I sent you that right. You yeah, heard oh my yeah, punk I rock listened day. to it. Loved yeah. it, but like. The ski culture on paper, the and I grew up in the era of like PBR was throwing money at the industry. There was right. PBR skis, there was PBR hoodies, there was onesies. Um, you, you know, weed culture has always been huge within the ski industry. Totally, Grateful Dead, all great things. I don't, I'm not anti any of those things, but for me, I never related to skiing. Because yeah. I never did any of those things. So, like, that's my take on, like, why I dislike ski culture. But what's your take on why you don't like yeah. ski culture? That was a more thoughtful way of probably of kind of similarly. I think it's just it's it's a, uh, I, you know, look, we do. If you listen to the show, too, like everything's coming at it with there's some heart here. And I do really enjoy skiing. It's, it's And that's the other thing, too. I, I kind of pick on skiing because if you, if you said, hey, Colin, pick one outdoor sport you could never do again. I would easily offer up skiing. I like skiing. It's really fun, but I don't I don't care if I go skiing. So it's just easy for me to pick on it. But I do agree with what you're saying. I think there's a – it makes me kind of like it less. You know, I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. If you love – if all you want to do is, is, is ride lifts and that's how you define yourself as an outdoor athlete, then, dude, that's cool. Like, of course. Like, do, do your thing. But I – it's a – there's this kind of a gross thing, I feel like, in kind of that – and, and there's a there's a – Kind of like you're saying, like there's this. I wish there would be a little bit more, maybe self awareness of kind of how you're presenting the outdoors. It's just not the same to me. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm gonna make you edit this out because I'm trying to like kind of articulate how I want to oh, say. Oh, I'm this. not editing this. No, but I, oh, come I do, on, man, you gotta edit. No way. Um, that's never gonna happen on my show, and you know that. But <laughs> I, I think I, I understand what you are saying, and here is my. Yeah. Not rebuttal, but this is my take on that, I guess. Yeah. A, we introduced a lot of outdoor enthusiasts 
to the outdoor world during COVID. Mm -hmm. And they don't know anything else. Like when we're talking like lift lines, they don't know that that's not normal. Like you go to Disney, you wait. If you don't buy a fast pass, you wait in a line. That's normal. That's just what you do at Disney or Mm -hmm. Six Flags or whatever. It's true. I think a lot of these people who are skiing, who are new to sport or snowboarding or whatever they're doing, sliding downhill, they're new to it. That's it's like going to a Bills game. You tailgate for six hours. That's part of the experience. These people stand in line with beers in their hands and they just wait. And they're that's what they know. They don't know anything else because that's how they were introduced to it because they didn't couldn't do anything else for a while there. I think that's true. I'm I'm sure that's true. I I believe you. And I'm sure you're around a lot of these folks and you hear their stories, especially as you're going, you're bouncing around different resorts all over the country in the winter. That's clearly what you guys do. And and by the way, I love the content too that comes out of that. I think the, it does, it rubs me the wrong way, I guess, mostly when you do open up social media and you do see the people who are like, you know, here I am riding the lift, you know, here's the post and look at this badass thing I'm doing. I'm like, you didn't earn anything. You know, (laughs) you didn't go out and do anything cool. You rode a lift up the hill and you skied down it, you know, and it's, it's just, you know, and look, call me the old guy on the couch. You know, this has done a lot of th- different things outside. I'm just, it's not that challenging and it's largely unoriginal. It's super fun. Like if you said well, I could get a group of my friends together and go do an activity and it's like snowing, it's like, well, let's just go ride cliffs and have a good time in the snow, of course. And I'm also in a position now, like when I lived in a ski town and I would go on like a powder day on the weekend and you, and you know where to go, huge difference, right? Maybe you got to do that one, you know, gondola ride where like there's a line, but then it's like, okay, sweet. Now we know to go over here away from everybody. But when you kind of get to go skiing a few times a winter and it's like, oh, it just snowed or it's, or even if it's not snowed, it's just like, yeah, you're in that lift line with the people who don't know what they're doing. And the people, other people are yelling at each other and coming down the hill. (laughs) And there's the guy who's got no helmet on, but you know, your kid's learning. And here he comes going a thousand miles an hour down the green run back to the base. And there's just no self-awareness. It's off-putting, you know, it makes me not want to go, it makes me not want to defend the ski community, you know, it's like, this is just not fun, and oh, wait a minute, and I paid to do this, and yeah, I got to stand in line to do it, this isn't what I, this is not why I enjoy going in the outdoors, so yeah, that's why I'm making my, you know, my hater stance of like, it's not, it's not an outdoor <laughs> sport. I, I, we're just going to, this is going to be the hour-long podcast, we're just going to do this, I, we talk about ski movies. I think, oh God, I have it written down. Actually, I just wrote ski porn, but I see, I think the opposite. Like I, I semi agree with your half statement there, if that makes sense. But the, the opposite is like, what on this planet earth can you go do that is so organized yet pure chaos? Like there's not many things left in this world where it's like, wear a helmet. Don't wear a helmet. Have these things strapped to your feet and go like you get dropped off at the top of a mountain and like you don't have to take like you need a lesson to drive a car. Skiing? Nope. It's lawless. It's there's get rules. To the bottom. Don't worry about it. there's rules, but like it is lawless. And it's the deeper side is it's expressive and it's it's so fascinating that like and I've said this on the podcast before, but like a skier who goes once a year. They call themselves a skier, a skier who goes a hundred times a year. They call themselves, you know, a skier. If I play right. horseshoes once a year, I am not a horseshoes player. 
I do yes, not you like. I'll tell you, I'll well, you thank one. you, thank you. But you know what I mean. It's like a very. If you ride your bike once a year on an island, where you go on a vacation and you rent a bike, you aren't. You do not consider yourself a cyclist. I like the way you're putting that because that's a, that is a really good point. And because I've always said that, um, just really, I've always mentioned this about climbing. Like I really enjoy rock climbing. I my I go to a climbing gym regularly. I'm not a rock climber. Right. I don't consider myself a rock climber. I've climbed outside, you know, I think I picked off like one five ten route when nice. I was younger, nice, you know, with nice. a buddy. And it was top roping, but you know, it's whatever. Okay. But it, but even then, and I was going somewhat regularly outdoors, it just that wasn't what spoke to me. That's not what I was like, you know, there was a, there was a thing there that felt definitely I didn't have a legitimacy that my climber friends had. And also like I didn't really want to do that. However, yeah, if you I think that the once a year is the benchmark for skiing. It's a really good point. If you go skiing once a year, you're like, oh yeah, I'm a skier. I'm a skier. And it's an easy, it's a club you can you can join for sure. It's uh it's a bizarre thing. I haven't someone mentioned because I asked this, I was like, find me another sport that's like that. And yeah. someone said scuba diving. Like people scuba dive once a year and they're they consider themselves scuba divers. Would you have to be licensed though to do uh, scuba? I think it's a much certified? harder barrier of entry, right? Like, um, but I would assume I don't know. I haven't. I don't really know many scuba divers. But yeah, like skiing is like the easiest thing to just enter into and be like, yep, yeah, go yeah. to the top. And like the fun, like gondolas and like they just take you to the top. A tram, you just like open the door and you're just at the top of a mountain, which is like it is crazy. The only other thing I could think of that I've experienced with that cast where I thought of it that way was going to a, a public skate. My kids all played ice hockey, and I used to play ice hockey too. And you go to a public skate, and it's like, how is someone not getting their throat cut by a skate blade oh. at least once a day at these places? When there's just uh, 200 people on a sheet of ice, 90% of them can't skate, and they've got razor blades on their. Well, I feet. think about fingers all the time, <laughs> yeah, like. Totally. Like, so that always just like and even though my kids could skate i'd still just be like just you know kind of always bristling when you're around the kid who doesn't know what they're doing like you're gonna get whacked in the face with some errant foot in the air skiing probably worse because yeah i mean i i didn't go ski i had a few years off and then i decided to go snowboarding last year because i hadn't been snowboarding in a while i'm like i've been riding a snowboard for a while and i it was a the first half of the rundown was like oh shit i forgot i kind of like, remember how to do it but, you know, at a couple of big falls and not in good places. And I'm like, now, man, I'm the guy. I'm the guy in front of all the other people coming down and I'm in their way. Um, so, you know, and I didn't have a helmet on because I didn't have a helmet with me and I'm a moron. You know, I'm the yeah. guy who's like, wear, wear your helmet, kids. I'm not going to, though, you know, uh, just because I'm an idiot. But, yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, scenario up there in the mountain for sure. It's I mean, skiing is like the last sport I would give up. That is like my, and I think it's because it's like organized chaos. It's, you can hike, you can take the lift, you can see beginners, you can see experts. You can, it's like, it's like this whole chaos thing. And to your point of like experts ripping down greens, I yeah. think beginners should get yelled at for going down diamonds. Like, oh, 100%. Like, I think they yeah. should not yelled at, but like, I don't think people no, understand should be, should be, uh, the situation they're putting themselves in. One hundred percent. I don't like when I, I, I witnessed it last year. I was up at Big Bear, and there was a guy who was screaming at a beginner, and like, the person got in his way. I'm like, dude, look at this person you're yelling at. Clearly, they don't know what they're doing. I know maybe you're frustrated, but you also you're coming into the base area. Right. Like, you should not be going. That's an where hour you right go now. slow. Like, slow down. And. Uh, 
that but whatever you know that's that was a rough for that poor person for a minute the person who's like gets convinced by their buddies because they've made it down the hill two or three times like we're good now we're going all the way up like you're doing that person a massive disservice and you're putting actually a lot of people at risk by doing that don't do that leave them at the bunny slope and you go to the top of the mountain yeah it's i mean and then you have like early season like it's and this is a segue uh a basin just opened the lift yeah. lines were insane. We already talked about lift lines. Great. But oh. like the chaos on the hill is just crazy. But I know you're not like a huge skier, but this is a skiing podcast. So we talk about it. And you were in the ski industry for a long time. So you you can deny it all you want, but you're oh, I very said, I aware. I ski a lot. I, I, guess I do enjoy skiing. I, if there's an arrogance on social media, I feel like. And a lot of it I just don't feel like it's earned. Maybe that's kind of what it comes down to. You have these people who what they do is they ski and they ride lifts and they post about it. And they like everything is badass, badass, badass. But I think feel like if you drop them in a real backcountry <laughs> ski or otherwise experience, they would crumble. And I just you know, and that's kind of what rubs me the wrong way. So I'm like, fuck you, skiers. Yeah, I <laughs> think the ego. If we're calling it ego, I think the ego comes into play just because of how much money is invested. Like it costs totally. more to ski less than it does to ski a bunch. Like, right? I ski 100 days a year. It costs me way less than the person that skis 10 times a year. Totally. Technically, like if you, you know, if you boil that down, I don't know. But um, I want to talk about because it's happening now. We got a couple snowflakes flying on the East Coast here. I know West Coast, you have a couple resorts popping up. I cannot stand and this, my opinion has changed uh, drastically, maybe because I'm old and uh, I worry about myself. But like this early season skiing on grass in like shark infested waters and uh you know brands like bigger brands posting this stuff and like promoting it and like dude i just i don't know i just back to your social media thing it's like i'm with you like these they're kids which i was there i did the same thing but like this the lines that are being posted out of like Alta right now and i'm like you're skiing on a mountain with 10 inches of snow on it like bad idea acl over gone and the brands are posting it and i just i just do not agree with it i don't know i agree with you on that i think look and just to make sure anybody listening to to this right now who's yelling that i don't know what i'm talking about like i definitely i i had put my time in skiing like i said i lived in park city for four years i had season passes i went every weekend three times during the lunchtime runs all those things i definitely spent my time on the mountain and i could not agree with you more i think i get the urgency like if you're living right there if you're living down in mill creek in salt lake and it's snowing up in the canyon and you're like i'm going up i get it but yeah, I, I never, I never would. And maybe I, even when I was younger, it just always seemed like a bad idea. Number one, I was broke. So like, I didn't want to like fuck up my skis. So that was part, that was part of it at the time. I'm like, now I'll wait till there's a little bit more of a base. Um, and I don't know, maybe this is like, and I, I mean this sincerely, not as like just to try and support my kind of my hyperbolic stance about skiing in the outdoors. <laughs> I could be that, I mean, if you're used to going up the resort and riding the lifts and it's kind of feel, it almost gives you that kind of false sense of security that like bad things really don't happen that often here. And the reality is they really can, you know, plenty of people skiing in bounds every year have a lot of issues. And if you're now just going to go up and be like, oh, it'll be fine. To, I won't hit a rock or the or the branch kind of that's only an inch under an inch of snow. 
ah, that's rough. I'd be like me paddling out in the waves that are like double head, double overhead. Be like, oh, it'll be okay. Like, no, it's not going to be okay. It's not. I mean, you don't know what that, most people don't know what the mountain looks like when it's, there's no snow on it. Like it is, you are. been there since February. You're skiing over boulders and full transparency. uh, Algorithm Collective posted a video of kids skiing on grass today. Um, That's our intern, Matt. I don't think he's our intern anymore. I think he's just a guy who works for us, Matt. He's 22 years old. His legs are spaghetti. He doesn't care. Uh, but I watch it and I'm like, Matt, like you're going to be me. You're going to be, it's going to be bad for you. Like, please. <laughs> uh, that's how you learn, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's the other, when you get to the backcountry stuff, you know, I remember especially living in Utah and there was always a couple of, of deaths after big storms. And you look at the avalanche report and it was just red all around. And just, you know, you got that, like, it won't happen to me thing, you know? Uh, And I don't know if that ever goes away. I think the younger generation, you almost need those near misses. We've all had those near misses in some form being outside, right? I mean, for sure. I think it's part of it, but when there's... Well, I guess an avalanche, it's like there's a, you actually have a thing that's blinking in your face saying, don't go, don't go, and you're going anyway. And I've done it. I've been in those situations. I've gone, and you're just like... When you're out there, you're like, this is stupid. This is stupid. This is stupid. And you just hope you get out, which is right. terrible. And I don't see myself getting into those situations now. I definitely lean on the side of like, nope, don't care. I'll, a lot of those times I just go for a walk on those days. Like I don't, I don't go up. I just walk and it's great because yeah. you're just breaking trail and you're just like, this is great. This is peaceful. Go ride your lifts. There's the day to ride the lifts. Yeah, that's true. Ride the lifts. Where I am, though, there's not enough. If there's that much snow, the lift doesn't, you can't get down. Like, you just like, there's not enough vert. There's not enough vert. There's not enough pitch. Uh, I want to talk. Powder Magazine's back. This isn't an ad. This is not, this has nothing to do with them other than Cy Whitling is the editor and he's my buddy. I think he's the gear editor, but he didn't tell me to talk about this. I'm just, for me, I'm excited that we're seeing some print back. Yeah. I don't, I am a firm believer in print ruined itself. Print got really greedy. Uh, You would get a magazine and there was a hundred pages and 70 of them were ads. So I still think there's room for print, but I think print has to do it properly. I mean, Mountain Gazette is a fantastic example of like, you get it, you read it, it feels good, you're proud to have it, you open it, you like, and then you want to keep it, you don't want to throw it away. I think that could change if Mountain Gazette sent me a magazine one a month for the next 12 months. I think it could get well, I agree with that. rough. Yeah. Uh, so what what is your take on print? Are you excited that print is back? Are you like fuck Powder Magazine? It should die. Let it let it be dead. What is your opinion on print in general? It doesn't have to be Powder Mag. Uh, I love print magazines. I'd have, I've been an AJ Adventure Journal subscriber for a while, uh, and I'm a subscriber to Mountain Gazette as well. I mean, I I probably won't subscribe to Powder just because I mean, as you can tell, I'm not the biggest ski guy, but I love that it's back. In 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 principle, I love that it's back. I think there was a magazine back in the day called Wend. This was in like mid 2000s. It didn't last for very long, but it was really focused on long form storytelling. And uh, and 
that was always my favorite outdoor magazine because it was fewer ads and really interesting long narratives, which is what Adventure Journal has leaned into, which is what Mountain Gazette has leaned into. And clearly these magazines, and I think it sounds like if you look at it, the print sort of revolution is happening in other categories called like whalebone. And like, there's a, there's a bunch of really cool, interesting new print mags that are out there. I think probably it's easier overall to make these things. And if you can run them with a smaller staff and do fewer issues and get the right balance of sponsorships and ad dollars, then you can make something really interesting. And that's a good thing. I kind of, it's, it's like, probably vinyl for the for the magazine world or if like it's never going to 100 percent go away but there's a right and a wrong way to do it i agree with you i think the you know i just the easy thing to, to, to pick at right now and make fun of is outside like you know I, I what is happening over there like i actually am talking to someone on my podcast later this week about uh they're out the outside festival that they just launched you know, I did a whole episode on criticizing the new AI chatbot, which is supposed to like help you plan your adventures. They had their failed NFT thing. And it's like, you know, and that was, I don't know, like their print magazine is exactly what you said. It's just listicles and, and ads. And like they were the go-to storytellers for my youth, you know? Um, you know, I read into the into thin air and into the wild and outside magazine before they were novels and the perfect storm and all these that were really important to me. So Generally speaking, I love seeing these magazines back. I got my Mountain Gazette in the mail the other day uh, from Adventure Journal Justin Hausman, who writes for them, comes on my podcast once a week, and it's great. And they're showing that it can be done. I mean, so you know, I don't, I don't know the folks at Powder, I, you know, and I haven't seen it, but clearly there's a model there. And clearly, as we're talking about this, you know, I think skiing, you know, probably has a broader audience because of what we're talking about than maybe some of these other sports too. So it, it I, I wish him nothing but success. But yeah, I think, man, like I love seeing print magazines back. It's just more fun. Yeah, it gives you to me it like. I don't know, I read on my phone all the time. I read on my laptop. I get lost like. I sit down and like sometimes I'll, a magazine will sit there for a month because I'm not ready to absorb it, if that makes mm -hmm. any type of sense. But like it's a. I make a cup of coffee, I hang out, I shut the TV off, and I just absorb it. Um, yeah. And there's power in that. I think it's it's really neat. And what outside is doing, I'm not here to, I don't know enough about, but like to me, it's when a company like buys so many things and then they just look at numbers. Uh huh. And they're just like, that number doesn't make sense. And that number doesn't make sense. And that, and then it just, right. It just gets smashed and flipped and turned. And like, I hope that they can, that they don't just kill everything. Like they've killed a lot, but I hope they, someone looks at it and is like, why don't we get, like, we're going to kill this for $0 or we can right. sell it for $5. <laughs> and I'm just like, whatever, fake numbers, but like sell it and let someone take it. Don't buy it to kill it. It's not your, the industry's not that big where like the, you need to kill all competition. Like it's not, it's fine. It's all fine. All these things are letting people be what they can be. I think it went outside to your point about the, the ad dollars just get so spent and then it just becomes vanilla and they still try to maintain some level. And I'm, this isn't just outside. Like, I, like a lot of people did this where it's just, you know, you're so beholden now to the dollars being spent by the brands, right? And the brands, let's be honest, are the celebrities of the outside space. People care sure. about what the brands are doing and thinking, and they have so much power. 
then if you want to maintain a level of journalistic integrity, like, well, are you going to piss off all the people who are spending money on your magazine? You know, right. and it's like, like you guys have sponsors, but you have a limited number. And frankly, the content you're putting out, that makes a lot of sense for you guys to have those kinds of sponsors. But if you want to like write critical things or talk about like these interesting things, like ah, you may not do that. It might get kind of weak if you're worried about like, well, we are sponsoring that one uh, knife guy, and, you know, and, and this story features that knife in a negative way. Like, well, maybe we don't run that article. Yeah. And so, the, you know, these like AJ has like eight sponsors. I think at Mountain Gazette kind of the same thing. And it just kind of allows it to be what it should be while still being able to be in our hands, which is what we want, right? Yeah, and I think it's just like the, you know, I think the simplest word is transparency and sure. just being like we work with Fisher Skis. Everyone knows that anyone who listens to our podcast knows that like this is funded by Fisher Skis. They are right. flagship sponsors. Yeah. We ski the shit out of them. We love their stuff. But like our relationship with them is so nice that like we can be like, holy shit, the Solomon Echo is a great ski. This thing rips like, yeah, like that is fantastic. But we've built that relationship. That doesn't mean that Fisher doesn't make a great ski and that the Fisher yeah. Ranger or Transalp isn't comparable. It's just like, I think you can do it right. Be sponsored, be transparent. Totally. And not and still have like some true journalism. Obviously, like, you know, if Fisher puts out a ski that I don't love, which I'm sure yeah. like any of their race skis, why would I love their race ski? Like I I drive a Prius. Like that's how my skiing goes too. I don't need a race car. But like I'm not gonna write a review on their race ski. I'm sure it rips, but it's gonna chuck me into the woods and tear my ACL. What if it what if it had a tele binding like, on it though? Would that be a telebinding terrible. on there? Would that be a okay? worse? It would be worse. I know, I'm just kidding. Don't get me started on Telemark. I'm so tired. No, I, that is the bit that I didn't know would go you're, so you're, big. I wrote down, you're like the, the tele, Telemark you know, ski fluencer. That's who you are now. You're the king. You I, know? I didn't want to be. I. It's funny <laughs> yeah. because I, we're talking about it. We're going there. I was a Telemark skier. Through and through. Yeah. I bled it. I wrote fucking emails to brands. Sponsor me. I'm like, I. this is where I want to be. This is the world I want to be in. And I'd never been more rejected in a world in my life. Which the telemark is, world rejected you. Completely. This is a tell-all. Um, I like... A lot of not nothing bad. I mean, whatever. It didn't matter. But like, t there's no money. They don't have doesn't exist. Like, it's just not a thing. But like, I was State a telemark. Mind, I was a telemark skier through and through. Years went by. I kind of got over it genuinely. Like, I honestly, I skied um, superior. I telemark skied mm -hmm. Mont Superior. I hiked up, so it counts mm -hmm. as outdoor being an outdoor activity. It does. That counts. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just ran it through the uh, the the calculator, and that came out that, that counts. It counts. Yeah. I, and I I skied Mont Superior on my telemark skis, and I got to the bottom, and it was like a total epiphany of like I think I'm done with this sport. Like, I don't know why nothing bad happened. I've been in that place a few times. I skied it great. I felt like that was like, that was my skiable Everest. And like, you always have something to prove when you telemark ski. 
Sure. And I did it and I ripped it. I slogged up it. It was the slowest tour I've ever done in my entire life. I landed on a plane uh, that morning from Atlanta where it was 90 oh, degrees. Man. And <laughs> I got and I walked up that thing. Um, so sorry, Mike Croco and Bubba, who was with me and guiding me up that thing. I slogged, but I was fine. Uh, I skied it. I got down and I was like, I think I'm done Telmark skiing. That was it. Like that was the pinnacle. Like that was the crux. Like I did it. I skied it great. Skied the rest of the year. I think I skied one more year Telmark. And then I was like, why do I want to be part of this industry that like to me is so join us, but also very like you can't sit with us. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way of putting it. Like, it's a weird thing, and not everyone. I mean, I'm just, there's there's a billion talent. No, it's kind of thing, like, like what I said before. Like, there's always, but there's it's weird how those people come out and like make make it weird, right? They just, I just didn't feel welcome. I just felt like yeah, I wasn't like not good, but like whatever. Then. I just kind of started alpine again. I had a lot of fun and telemark skiing <laughs> made me a way better alpine skier, which is really oh, cool because I was stale. At the same time, your quads were stoked. Yeah, know? I was just stale <laughs> at like alpine. So I went to telly and I got pretty okay at it and great. And then I like started making memes. And then like I all of a sudden became like a voice in this weird telemark industry by just hating it. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And, and it's been really great. Like, honestly, the conversations I've had, um, my DMS are open. I've done me personally have done more for the telemark community, not saying I've done anything for them, but like, Oh, I think you have, but like in like the converse, the genuine conversations I've had in my DMS and like getting people hooked up with gear, where to find like more than I ever had when I was trying to, be a part of it. Um, so it, it's funny how the world works. And that's my, that's my true telemark story for anyone who cares. I can telemark ski. The whole joke behind the bit is every one of those photos of like telemark skiing is me. Like that's the bit. You get accused of it. Like that somebody else. Well, they're like, if you could ski like that guy, you wouldn't be talking shit on it. And I'm like, that guy is me. Right. Like, no, I mean, by the way, when you're kind of become a, a hater, like, and I, I, it's a really reductive term, but it's true. Right. I mean, this is what I'm being about skiing too. You can only do it if you've done it. Right. Like I right. said, I lived in a ski town for four years. I skied all the time. I, I, I enjoy skiing. There's just these aspects about it that just rub me the wrong fucking way. And it's just, and I look at it and then I compare it to other things and I'm like, this is not like that. And it's, and, 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 that, and that's okay. The big header on all of this, if you like to telemark ski, if all you want to do is ride lifts, why do you give a shit about what either one of us say? Like, right. just go do your thing, man. Like we just, we're two guys who decided to pick up a microphone one yeah. day and start talking into it. And, and I'm sure you've had a lot of conversations where people are like, I get exactly what you're saying. And I, frankly, I have too. Um, and plus it's fun to kind of poke the bear on this stuff as well. I think though, the, the telemark thing is is really interesting almost from like a human nature point of view because again that kind of thing what, what did i just said about well if you if it's your thing go do your thing but with my friend my especially my one friend i love him he's one of my best friends in the world but he's a telemark skier he wants so hard for me just to accept that it's cooler 
an alpine. And I think he's kidding sometimes. But there's times I'm like, I don't think you're kidding. And it's just like, why do you care if I hate on telemark skiing? If you like it, just go do it, you know? It's such, I don't know why. We've got a brand new sponsor here at the Out of Collective, our friends over at Off Piste Provisions. What is Off Piste Provisions? They're a New Zealand brand on a journey to create a thriving planet for all. They make plant-based adventure snacks made with all the good stuff, packed with protein and free from all the BS. What does all that mean? It's plant-based jerky made for outdoor adventurers like yourselves. It's tailored to those that need clean, protein-rich fuel during big days or big efforts. Talking 22 grams of protein here. It tastes like meat and it chews like meat. Clean ingredients that make it gluten-free, soy-free, and vegan-friendly. Wow, that's a mouthful. What is it? It's off-piece provisions, plant-based jerky, protein-packed for adventure. It chews like meat. It chews like the real deal. It feels good. No compromise. It's made clean. It's gluten-free, soy-free, vegan-friendly, 45% protein. It's a source of iron. It comes in three flavors, original, sweet and hot, and teriyaki. And here at the Pursuit Podcast, we're giving you a podcast discount code that's 25% off your first purchase. Use the link down in the show notes. We'll get you 25% off or head on over to offpieceprovisions.com. Use code 25collective. Did you get all that? What is it? Plant-based jerky, vegan-friendly, tastes good, made good, helping the planet, source of protein, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, soy-free, off-piece provisions. Check it out, offpieceprovisions.com. Use code 25collective or hit the link in the show notes. I think maybe because you just have to, it's like tell, learning to telemark ski is like, it's like a giraffe walking. I don't know if you've ever done it. It's just... I totally respect it goes it, against everything that like makes sense kind of right. Right. So I think that's why they want you to, to be a part. They want you to appreciate how sure. good they are. <laughs> I get no, that's, that's completely fair to be honest. It, it, it's like, if you, if you've never done it, which I've, I've never telemark skied. So it's really not fair other than just, but it is it's for me at this point in my life, I'm pushing 50. Right. So if I'm going to start skiing again more regularly, I'm definitely not going to do that. Yeah. I mean, I would argue <laughs> it'd be great because it it's way less impact. Uh, yeah, it's sense. way better on your back because you don't get those. You know, when you take like a good like on an alpine, like it goes through your heel, like through your yeah. back. When you do that on telemark, it goes through your toe, through your ankle, through your knee, through your hip to your back. You don't get those jarring. Yeah, it's like a, it's, you create suspension in a way. Yeah. Right? So it. Yeah. I, like I said, I, I love telemark skiing. I'm like, I've pigeon, I've, I've put myself in such a hole that I have to telemark ski now. Yeah. Like I, I talk so much crap about it that I have to continue to be okay at it. And like yeah. last year I didn't telemark one day until world telemark day. I was at Eldora. Uh, my buddy CJ kind of runs the world telemark day there. And I was like, Hey, I'm coming. Like I'm in Eldora and he's like, no fucking way. I was like, I'm here. I don't have skis. I have boots. And he's like, I'll get you skis. No problem. Great. Blah, blah, blah. 
So like show up. I don't say anything. Like I'm not like. I mean, what am I? Oh, I'm Adam X. I'm the guy who talks shit on the air. Like, what am I going to say? So I'm like <laughs> skiing with these people around. all day. I'm just like in this crew of people. And then CJ's like, yo, X or Adam calls me by my name. And yeah. this kid, Colin, looks at me and his and his girlfriend. Uh, I only know her Instagram, so I'm not going to say her name. But um, and she's like, you're Adam X. And I was like, yeah, she goes, ah. I thought I was going to hate you because we'd already been skiing for like <laughs> two hours. Like right? we'd already made a friendship, but I could ski. That's the whole gimmick right. is that. So I, that's whatever. the best kind of hater to be as far as I'm concerned. I think like a lot of these things, you know, everything I say and do on the rock fight is kind of like what you're saying. Like, I don't, I don't really hate, I don't hate you. If you like, no. I'm just going to have a hot take and I'm going to dig into it, but it's all from a place of frankly love, you know? And like, I, I want more people to go skiing. If it makes it make, if it gets more people outside, it's great, you know, but it's just a certain level of bullshit that I'm not comfortable with not calling on certain things. Yeah. You know? and, and it's, it's like, there's nothing, the, the thing I'm, I'm dreading the most and I'm, and I'm, this is where I may have to, you know, just not unfollow, but mute the out of collective for a few months. <laughs> Is on it is the post ski day ski town videos that are coming in droves of a bunch of white people in ski clothes in a bar dancing badly to some like hip hop song after a day of skiing. And maybe you guys don't push this, and I shouldn't be that's not fair. Yeah, we're pretty away from you know what I'm talking about, right? Or since you're scrolling through reels or TikTok, and there it is, and it's someone in a bar in Aspen. And they're holding up yeah. and a bunch of white people. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is just stop. Everyone needs to stop. have some self-awareness of what you look like right now. Anyway, I'm not looking. For yeah, that. no, that's like the slot bar standing on the bar doing shit. And you're like, ah, I get bibs, it. You know? Yeah, I get it. I get it. But the epitome of like white privilege here, you know? Yeah. Luckily, Jabber's Muslim and hates me more than anybody. So he will never post <laughs> anyone who looks like me. That's like, that's, awesome. that's my kindest way of saying all of that. People are like, Jabber. <laughs> Thank you, Jabber. The last thing Jabber <laughs> wants to post is is white people dancing on a bar. And oh. I mean that with all, all right, of good. our heart. So we're doing it properly, I think. Um, so, so what do you think about ski movies these days? Oh. Do they get you fired up? It's a big, like, right now, I did a whole thing with Justin, and I didn't put it on my podcast because I felt like I was just being just a dick. And I'm like, ah, so, no one wants to hear this. I just did a great uh, podcast with Xander, and he just won, like, hmm. Breakout Skier of the Year or Breakthrough Skier of the Year. His Instagram is Xander Fire. Um, it came out last week. And we talked about this a little bit crescendo just came out which is like the top the good company film and i loved it one because it was 30 minutes long and like maybe four words in the whole thing it was pure ski porn but none of the tricks i don't want to say weren't hard because i can't do any of them but we're like it was refreshing <laughs> it was like it was like tom walsh who's not necessarily a backcountry skier right like that's not his yeah. world doing like fun not obtainable tricks i'm not calling them that but it was like 540s and like it was just really fun skiing yeah uh so i like that the big mountain stuff is it's always cool um it it's neat it's fun to watch but i don't 
I try to go and that that Buffalo gets a lot of like movie premieres. But if we get one, I'll go. I support. Yeah. I know what goes into it. I know the work that it takes. But like I. I put ski movies on in the background and I catch a couple clips. Rarely do I like just sit and watch it. I'm more for storytelling when it comes to to uh, ski flicks. You know, Griffin Post has a film coming out where they found the old camera. Yeah. Um, I forget the explorer's name, but he like lost a camera. Griffin Post okay. made a ski film. It hasn't come out yet. I'm sure it's going to, I'm sure it hasn't come out yet. This is me speculating because it's going to get picked up by like Netflix or oh, cool. HBO. It's, like a documentary. Or it's a documentary. Yeah. Griffin Post. Let me just Google this real quick. But like, I cannot wait for that film because. See, that sounds interesting. Like, I mean, even like stuff like the 50 like because it's you know you watch it and cody's good at telling a story i think like so i, I went through um you guys put a great job putting up on on out of collective of the uh, of all the trailers you know you kind of aggregated all the trailers yeah the trailer park yeah man and like most of them though i just was it just felt it just feels it feels very unoriginal i almost feel like to your point like 30 minutes it should be any ski film from here on out limited to 30 minutes and what's your story because if, if it's just linking up clips, it's like, well, isn't that what social media is for at this point? Right. Like, why do I want to watch this? And again, I, clearly by that, we started this episode of The Pursuit. <laughs> I'm not the target audience. <laughs> but, it, but it does feel unoriginal, right? Yeah, it's just, yeah, I, it's just different, right? Like, it, I think there's space for it, but I think it's changing. I think it's. Right, right. I think the storytelling and then people are like, well, you know, like I don't want to watch a movie. I want to watch ski porn. So I get that side of it, too. But like, you know, Jackie just put out a film, Jackie Pass, Passo, 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 P-A-S-S-O. It's called Here, Hold My Kid. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask, have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet, but like, I love that. Like, it's got Elise uh, Sogstad and Jackie Passo. So Cody Townsend's wife, who's a yep. ripping skier. I hate calling her Cody Townsend's wife because like she's a stand up yeah, in, like insane dead. skier on herself. But um, you know, they're moms. Like, holy shit. Like, so I can't wait to see that. Um I was okay with that until the end when they they had like the babysitter guy come out in the trailer. Because comedy's hard, man. Like if you so it better you you they better pull it off. That's, that's a hard thing to do. Comedy now to your point, I'm, I would watch that over some of the other ones I said because it looked they're trying to do something different. And I definitely appreciate the swing, even if maybe it doesn't land for sure. Yeah, I mean the other one was we'll see. And that's you know, yeah. yeah, Griffin Post, it's uh he finds a camera abandoned by mountain climbers in nineteen thirty seven. So they go out to this uh, Canadian glacier and they left like a cache because they had to, they were going to come back for it. Bradford Washburn's abandoned 1937 camera cache. No. Um, so I did a full interview with Griffin. It was amazing. And, you know, what the bigger thing of it is what he said was really neat was like, one, I got to go skiing. It's really cool. Right. Like and then two, um spoiler alert for anyone it's super public so if you like but like they find the camera um which gives you almost a hundred years of glacial data which is crazy Incredible. because it's like okay Incredible. it melted and this is where it ended up and they dropped they knew where they dropped it like they had those 
GPS coordinates. So like, and where they found it, that then tells you a ton of information. Um, But the coolest thing Griffin said about all of that, which is kind of a full circle, he's like, you know, a brand, and this is a shout out to his sponsor and our sponsor, but like a brand like Sierra Nevada helped a skier help scientists learn about climate change or glacial melt like we just That's super cool so like when you think about what brands are sponsoring and Love the that. impact it can have like it's a whole so i'm really excited for that well, um so this is what i'm talking about like interesting new stories right i mean the, for me the warren miller model just doesn't work in again it works for the hardcore there's always the hardcore for everything there's the people who want to have the ski porn movie and with a little bit of like loose banter to keep it together, great. The movie I'm most excited about, there was two in the in the trailer park. The one you just described, I really want to see that now. Was not aware of that. That sounds really yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't even know if there's a trailer out yet. Like we've okay. he's talked about it, but they're definitely pitching it. Like the other it's one a TGR was film. advice for girls. That oh, yeah. one looks super interesting. Obviously, I've got I have three daughters, and not, you know none of the other films are going to feature feature trans women, adaptive athletes, people of color. So like that's because those those stories are interesting, especially in the ski space, which is a pretty white space, <laughs> oh, yeah. right? Ma- male white space. And then uh, there's been no trailer yet, but I look, I gotta be honest, I'm looking forward to seeing what Weak Layers is going to be like. Yeah, you know? uh, me too. He's pretty reliable, you know. I. I don't know. Like, is it going to be out cold? I don't know if you've seen out cold, if you remember the movie out cold, but like it has Zach Galifianakis in it. Todd Richards is in it. Um, But it's a, it's a, it's a movie that has snowboarding. Like this is a production film. Like it came out in theaters. I remember when it came out. Um, And I love, it's like one of my, I don't want to say favorite, but like favorite B movies. It's hilarious. It's terrible. Sure. There's so many quotable things. Uh, well, last thing about this, like Katie, like her, her comedic, I, her shorts have always I thought been really well done and funny and great commentary on sort of our little like community. And like, hey man, good for her. She wrote a script. She's making a movie. Let's see what this is. I'm really excited to see it. Yeah, the coolest thing about all of that is that like yeah. she got a shot. Not saying she didn't earn it, like she earned Great. it and she went into crippling debt, I'm sure, to like get there. But like she put her yeah. eggs in a basket and like she got a shot. Modern day Kevin Smith, it's you know, just, so let's just do it ourselves. Like so yeah, I don't I don't know what's happening with that film. I don't know. I don't know. Like she's been but there's been something there's been some Instagram posts on the Weak Lair's Instagram feed in the last few days, I think. But everyone's who I just go check because there been a trailer yet. I want it. What's going on? I want to see. She the probably doesn't know because like you probably make not. it and then you either do you yeah. submit it to film fests? Do you yeah. does a studio pick it up and then put it like it, you don't you know, she, I I don't know. Do you put it on Netflix? Do you put it like hopefully I, I don't know what the best case scenario there is. Um, right. And then there's a uh, level one's got a film with. Um, oh, what's his name? He was paralyzed in a backcountry ex- uh, incident. Um, oh my god! What is his name? I can't think of it. I don't know. You would know better than me. But he's got a whole film coming out. What is it called? Oh, I can't think of it right now. But why? Why you look looking that up? Oh, go ahead. Did you think of it? No, no, no. Go ahead. Well, just. 
my hater status on films too extends to other sports. <laughs> like I don't like I like, like like I'm a mountain biker more than I'm a skier. I hate mountain bike movies. I'm so can we can we get or can we get a mountain bike movie that's not set in the Pacific Northwest at this point? Like guess what? Here comes the swoopy, you know, uh the tail's gonna whip around over a bunch of ferns with uh, some trees in the background. Yeah, seen it. You know what I mean? Like the best mountain biking thing that's happened in the last few years is probably Pink Bike Academy. Which Katie Katie is also in that, right? The last season. Right. She was the co-host of that. But it's like because that was great because it was like it didn't even matter what the medium is. Like reality television show competitions are pretty reliable, right? But now it was a little more familiar because like I understand mountain biking. But not that kind of, that's not the kind of mountain biking I do, but it was fun. So same, like, you know, climbing movies, whatever. If it's all you're doing is just showing people like showing off in their particular sport, it's I don't know. It's not that interesting anymore. Yeah, we've, we've seen, seen it. it. I think that's the yeah. My yeah. favorite mountain bike movies are, what are they, Tea and Biscuits? I think that's what it's called. Those are pretty old, aren't they? Yeah, but they're so good because it's just they're yeah. just having fun. Uh, the yeah, movie's the stuff called... that out of like the 90s, like I mean, I'm sure Ski, same thing. They're yeah. so much more fun, you know? Uh, Trevor Kennison. It's called Full oh, okay. Circle. Um, mm. There's a trailer out. It's, yeah, he broke his back snowboarding in the Colorado backcountry. He's paralyzed from the waist down. And like, this kid is insane. Like he hits rails on his sit ski. Like he is. See, that's sick. I want to see that. Uh, yeah. It's a full, I haven't seen it, um, but I know it's, it's coming. There's a review out okay. or there's a trailer out in theaters, October 20th. There we go. So it's, it's yeah. out. So it's um, out. Yeah. It's out. I don't know. You know, I'm sure it's select theaters, but, um, but yeah, that I'm super looking forward to seeing. But I don't know. Yeah, ski porn's great, but it's I get it. It's played out. It's too much. And we see it every day. That's the worst part. Is a ski film you used That's to not see right. any of it. Uh, or any film. But all right. We're Surfing, gonna... same thing. Like I don't need to see a bunch of like a two hour surf movie. Like I see like, oh, what happened to Nazare? It was going off this weekend. Well, there's a guy on a giant wave. Sweet. Look that on my phone and go about my day. Yeah, right? done. So all right. Yeah. So we're not gonna touch too much on this, but we're gonna hit the, we're gonna finish with this, I think. This is gonna okay. be our home stretch. So a very wise man once told me that everyone gets one conspiracy theory. You get one. You can't have 10 because then you're crazy. You get one. What is your conspiracy theory? I don't know if I have one. You have to have one. I mean, you can have one that like you want to be real. If you want, like, I just like the theory that you're allowed one. Like if you have seven... Like I, mine's Bigfoot. Like I want Bigfoot. I just want to believe in. Like I just, okay. the world is stupid. We find shit in the ocean all the time. Why can't there just be like a Bigfoot that exists? <laughs> Hang it out. And like, if you've ever watched any of the Bigfoot documentaries, they are gold. Like couldn't oh, yeah. be better entertainment. Like they like, walk up to trees that have like fallen by wind <laughs> and they're like in a triangle <laughs> and they're like, that's clearly, well, clearly. A, that's clearly a Bigfoot. Like obviously you fucking idiot. Like what else would right. that be? There's no plausible explanation right. for what that could be other than Bigfoot. A tree would never fall this way. Yeah. And like they put an apple out and then it's gone. I have you watched this one. It's like the best, but like, yeah, the apple's gone. You're in the woods. Like something took it. That was yeah. Prob but like the, ah, uh, they have a video of it, like taking the apple 
but it, like the film is filmed in like 2015 like we had current yeah. cameras and like the video couldn't have been worse they've, they've got washburn's camera from the glacier yeah and it's like, like <laughs> it's back to mitch hedberg's theory that like maybe bigfoot's blurry that's just the way he looks. he's just blurry like he Dude, is this, was the best he, the best but like the best. there's no way that there's that many bad photographers like, I think I figured by that. Why, why is it? Why is it a Bigfoot though that you want it to be real? I guess is the question. You acknowledge it. Like there's, a, it's pretty, it's pretty spotty evidence at best here. So what is it about him that you want it to be real? It just has to be real. It has to exist. There's, there's caves that we haven't explored. There's th like we haven't been everywhere. And to think yeah. that like a bear, like a bear human like species, couldn't exist. No way. Like it's got to be out there. And there's footage. There's sightings. There's sightings all the time. There was just one in Colorado. It's you can't. That was real footage. You saw it with your own eyes. You're denying real footage of a guy in a costume. Yep. Excellent. Allegedly, prove it. Prove otherwise. <laughs> well, prove that it's Bigfoot. Yeah. See, I, well, no. I like your. I do like your thing that like you know it's. it's I just really want this to be real in the in the face of all the evidence against it. I still want it to be real because we're going through this actually in my house right now with my kids who are on like a ghost hunter uh, kind of kick right now on YouTube. There's a couple like young, these guys, Sam and Colby, they're, they're YouTubers and they, and they go and they're, they were in the conjuring house recently. And I've got uh, two kids, uh, twins who are 12 and a 17 year old. And you get to see the desperation for it to be real. And here I am like the 48 year old, like just jaded guy. Who's like clearly why this is not real. Like just dashing the, it could be. it's real to them. <laughs> But it is like I mean that'd be I'd be if there was undeniable proof, yeah, who wouldn't want to know that there may be something after this, you know? There's like, documentaries. Not, it's been documented. Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I don't need to I don't need to know that it's any sort of one religion's point of view. It could be something else, but nice to know that like, hey, when you die, something's gonna happen. It's not just gonna be lights out and that's it forever. Um, so if I had to hang my head on one, it'd probably be, let's get some ghost confirmation. Let's get, you know, cameras in every single home in the world. And, and, and then some, some scientists to study it, kind of figure out what these poltergeists are doing, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, the ghost could be, re I don't know. Like, I don't want to get religious. I don't want to like, I clearly that's no, not I, my I'm place. Not, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm but not like, religious. Well, no, I'm not religious at all. But like, if people yeah. can believe in a God, then I can believe in a Bigfoot. 100%. Like, if that's what... Frankly, I think there's more evidence for Bigfoot, if I'm being honest. I've never seen a video of God from a train. Nope. I mean, it's fact. And, and I guess, you know what the best thing you can say, right, is it's kind of like, there's a lot There's a lot of evidence for why religion is bullshit between how human... And again, I know here we are saying we don't want to get religious, we're, we're getting into it, but in terms of like using it as a control tactic over the years and government control and all these things, like a long history of humans doing bad things in the name of religion. Okay. You mentioned all these kind of documentaries and stuff around Bigfoot. What harm is being done? Like what harm, <laughs> what harm is there? And like somebody who's so convinced that Bigfoot is being real that he's trying to convince somebody else that Bigfoot is real. There's no harm there. Right? I mean, there could There's be no if we get enough followers. If Bigfoot gets pissed and goes on a rampage, I guess there could be some harm. Dude, it's going to happen. I mean, there's no there's no evidence to say there's not a Bigfoot. See? 
Silence. I told, yeah, got no comeback for that one. Speaking of population control. <laughs> Bigfoot. No, I'm, I've got a lot of conspiracies that I believe in. I'm a firm believer in COVID-19. I think it existed. I'm not a denier in that. But man, did they take advantage of it at the end. Who's that? The governments. The Bigfoot? <laughs> the governments. Oh, yeah. That was like, that'll never happen again to that. I don't know. I mean, I hope it never happens again because we're prepared for the next time something like that happens. Like, it would be the nice thing to think, right? That, I just like, think you know, even if, like, it was like, you go outside and you will die, our world will, will always be mad. Like, they've yeah. lost the the confidence like no one trusts the government anymore like not like they ever did well, but people are just like nope don't care like no you're gonna yeah. die and they're like nope you did fool me once dude fool me once dude <laughs> like i mean if you take it if you take stock of everything on the world i think there's a a healthy case of we had it coming oh <laughs> yeah i just like like you know, I think my last thought as like either the nuclear bombs are exploding or the or the the new virus is wiping us is going to be like, eh, this is about right. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Just let me know if Big God, if you're real, let me know if Bigfoot was real so I can be like, ah, and right. then go. I should have spent more time, less time complaining about skiing. You know, like that's probably what that's what I should. No, been, I think that's know? what we're here for, honestly. Yeah, I actually, I got a question for you. I know we got to wrap up. But we fine. talk a lot about. I'm curious your thoughts. What is your what is your feeling or thoughts or opinions on the state of pickleball in these United States of America? I hate Are it. Are you pro? No. <laughs> it's the stupidest thing ever. Play tennis. Here we go. Play Here we tennis. go. We're going to end on some agreement. I love this. Play tennis or play t- or play <laughs> or play table tennis. Don't combine the two. There's some show that they bring it up all the time. He's like, I'm playing pickleball. And he's like, pickleball. He's like, it's the number one growing sport in America. I don't remember which one that is, but I've never played it, so I don't like talking shit on stuff I haven't played. I'm sure it's great, Same. but it's so culty. And actually, in like Seattle right now, they're like trying to ban it in their parks. If you uh, follow Powell, really? yeah, if you follow Powell and the Powell movement, um, he's been covering it like crazy because he lives there, and he's just like, "There's needles." all over the place and you guys are mad about pickleball like this place is a dump and these people are just playing pick leave them alone like i don't think he cares about pickleball in general but they're like fighting it and he's like they're the homeless population is through the roof and you're fighting about pickleball that's where the that's where pickleball's from too the northwest so uh, that's, that's probably a big topic up there of yeah, but I agree with you. Like Justin and I, we've talked about it on, on my pod, and it's just like, again, it's the same as everything else. If you want to do it, cool. And I, I bet if you and I went and played right now, it'd be like, oh, this is fun. Like we had a good time playing pickleball. I'm sure it's fun. But when the demar, the thing, it's the rapid growth, and they're hanging their hat on like, hey, anyone can do it. It's like, well, then don't tell me about your professional league. If like a week from now, I could be as good as. Yeah, you know I mean? I'm like, going on a statement that we could be the best pickleball team in the world if we tried. Probably. It's like, like, I like watching the NBA because I can't do anything the people I'm watching doing. No, like, yeah, football, no. baseball. I don't even think I can get a ball to the hoop anymore from the three-point line, like without just throwing it. Right? Like, like with my wrist? Players. The way those guys move, it's oh. amazing. Oh, I'm so bad at hockey. It's unbelievable. 
But pickleball, we could get there. Yeah, bro. I could dominate. Could I could dominate pickleball. What about aliens? Are you are you into aliens? Yeah, I I I mean, there's two there's two schools of thought. Either the universe is so vast that just it's all out there and they just haven't we either haven't they either they've come and said no thank you or they've come and we just haven't been told they've been here. Or I do there's that interesting theory. I forget. Is it the Fermi? The Fermi theory? I don't know. The thing about that uh intelligent life but you know the way it evolves and and contracts that it happens on such a scale that you know we will never find intelligent life because by the time we'd have the ability to we're going to be extinct we're gone okay yeah. i like that i like I, so I could see all of the universe is so i'm more of a like i think that this is we're not a, a simulation but there's probably we're probably in like one terrarium of like some giant alien farm. Like, you know, they're, they're, they've got a million different little universes. And like for them, it's like the size of like a 10 gallon aquarium. And we're just in one of them. Yeah. We're and they're just, just like there. these are just like social experiments to see like what these these beings do to each other. That sounds way more likely to me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to go find aliens. I'm deep into this. Uh, the Galactic Federation. OK, there's, what's that? It's a it's a. I've talked about this, but it's on NBCnews.com, blah, 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 forward slash weird news. You know, it's a deep portal that I've found, but it's on NBCnews.com. That is the first six, seven letters of the thing. Uh, Former Israeli space security chief says extraterrestrials exist and Trump knows about it. So the whole gist of the article is that... um, they're here and the, mm-hmm. and Trump knows the president knows like big heads. know. this was obviously written when Trump was president. Um, but basically the aliens said that we are not ready. So don't tell anybody. <laughs> and, like, and that it's, and Trump was on the verge of revealing information, but was asked, not in order to prevent mass hysteria. Yeah, the only thing I doubt in that is that he'd be screaming that right now if he knew that. He would absolutely be telling. He told like with that Australian guy about our submarines. You think he wouldn't tell uh, someone about the Alien Federation? I don't know. Aliens <laughs> got some pull, but I'm leaning on that, and I'm just gonna like when they come and take over and be like, I've been talking about you for a while, guys. So I, 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 I put it in that same bucket of like, yeah, I, if that ended up being true, like it, it, it wouldn't be that shocking, would it? No, I mean, I think it's I think it's the same as Bigfoot. Like, uh, how wouldn't it exist? Like, we're it'd be ignorant to think that Bigfoot doesn't exist, as well as like other life. Well, I guess the, <laughs> the you could look at it and say we we have a pretty good view on most of the world at this point, the terrestrial world. So allegedly, they actually, I think there's probably a better chance of the aliens than Bigfoot. If I had to be honest, I don't know. I think when when it all come push comes to shove, it's going to be Tom DeLonge and myself just chatting with the aliens and be like, we were right this whole time. What do you think of the new Blink record? <sighs> Could care less. It's pretty good. I just Did the whole thing come out yet. Yeah, it's all out now. It's all out. I, what I listened to a couple of weeks ago before the whole thing was out, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, one more time was good. Um, that's funny. I have Blink One Eight Two on here. They just played a Denny's. Did you see that? I that was badass. You know, like the classic. Yeah, what what the fuck is up, Denny's? They yeah. did it. I'm so hyped it. on that. Uh, what happened to Skiba? That's all I want to know. Is like they just never. Well, 
All I know is I think Alkaline Trio is touring again. Right. I think I saw it right. And I saw in a clip, just a YouTube clip, that uh, they were playing some Blink with Skiba tunes with Tom. One of some of the songs off the California album. I'm sure. It's I mean, actually, this is a good, great record, by the way. Usually I don't like bands when they replace people. I liked the California record. I'm just good. shocked, like, they just never acknowledged it. I think Tom did. I think he put out a statement when he when he got Maybe. back into the band. But I don't but, know. Whatever. Good for Blink-22. I'm just, I'm just mad that they're... All of these bands have like just kind of faded away long enough that we forgot that they yeah. sucked, and now we love them again for nostalgia value. Like Limp Biscuit, Creed just oh, announced a tour. It was just like yeah, they're just huge like, uh, now. There's been like a Creed resurgence on TikTok, but like something. they're just huge. Like everyone hates Creed, and now they're just huge because they've waited long enough that like it's ironically it's funny. What happens? Yeah, it's. I was ironically listening to Creed a couple days ago. I was like, this is fucking hilarious. And then I was like, shit, I think I like this. And now I'm mad at myself. So isn't that funny? Because I definitely, when they were hitting it in, was it like 98 or whenever they were coming yeah. out? I listened to that record and thought it was like, yeah, these guys are pretty good. And then it's Dave Matthews, same trajectory. I definitely, in 94, thought Dave Matthews was cool. And then probably from like 98 <laughs> to like 2008, thought they, fuck Dave Matthews fan. That band. Yeah. Now I'm like, you know what? I kind of like Dave Matthews. Yeah. I, just, <laughs> I like there's some good songs. I hate it's it. It's funny how it goes. They've stayed away long but, enough that we love them again. You know who's had a record who had a record out this year though that is to be always maintained legitimacy and has a great new record is Rancid. Uh you don't like the new record from Rancid? I, I don't love it. <laughs> I don't. Oh, man, it's like a 30-year-old band. I know. All right. I mean it's great for a 30-year-old like band who's like <laughs> like what are you going to do? You can't you're pigeonholed into what you make, right? So you have to listen yeah. to it like you or yeah. you have to like com like keep making like they can't put out a country album like they have to put out like they can't evolve they just have to play like the same that's true punk, He's, i mean they've like, done a few different like side projects like transplants and stuff like for that for sure but uh but like we should start an outdoor like punk like podcast outdoor theme punk seven people like, listen about... to it that's fine but i'm so in. happy i'm in um <laughs> i love it colin this was great. I don't know what we talked about. This is my favorite part oh, yeah. when I record with you because we just we just rant for an hour and ten minutes. So, dude, I love coming. Thank you for having me on, man. I gotta have you now. It's my turn. I gotta have you back on the Rock Fight. I I love it. Uh, Colin True, host of the Rock Fight, outdoor enthusiast. Uh, if you haven't listened to the Rock Fight, head over. I think it's just the Rock Fight, right? The you Rock can, Fight. You can search that. He basically just picks go fights with everybody. So, and I'll let you kind of tell you what you know. Give it the give the rest here. Yeah, man. The Rock Fight's an outdoor industry podcast that aims for the head. Uh, go to rockfight.co. We're starting to put up some written stuff on rockfight.co on, on the on the blog. We've affectionately, affectionately titled Your Mom. And uh, so you go to, go to rockfight.co and click Your Mom and read our blog and then listen to every episode. Or obviously you can get it on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your pods. But dude, I always appreciate uh, the relationship you guys have been. You guys have been great. We're coming up on a year in December for the pod. And Out of Collective has always been, you know, a great resource for me to bounce ideas off of and chat with and, and be supportive of the Rock Fight. So thanks so much. And thanks to Jabber. Tell Jabber I say thank you for letting me come on a, an Out of Collective property. I appreciate <laughs> oh, it. Oh, he doesn't, he doesn't run this show by any <laughs> means. He'll find out when it comes out. Like, oh, shit. Yeah, 